All right. I can just give it a whirl. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Between You and I Bad Grammar Podcast. This is episode 16. And today I have a friend with me, Julia Francis, who is a Northwest singer-songwriter. She has a new single out called When You Get What You Want. And she recorded that with producer Steve Fisk, who's done my last two records and I adore. Um, Her voice, I want to say, is so powerful. I think she's been described as not only bluesy, um, but she also has like a, a like a diamond clear uh, tone as well, and I find her very powerful. Um, and I'm excited to have her with us because we, her and I, have also worked together. Um, me coaching her and talking about creativity and um, songwriting and uh, just being human beings. And so I think today is going to be a fine conversation. Um, if everyone um, would, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, that would be nifty. And Ryan and I are just going to have some fun today. Exactly. Yeah. Should be good. Nice. (laughs) Should be good. Hey, everybody. So welcome to the podcast. Um, I am here with my friend, Julia Francis, and I'm very excited. It took us a while, but we are here. And, uh, and I really wanted to invite Julia on the podcast. Um, we met through probably one of my first friends ever. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we, we met through my friend, Ali LaTorell. Do you think that that's true, right? That is, that is absolutely we, true. Yeah. Right. We got connected that way. And Allie was probably literally one of the first people I ever met and was one of my first friends. Um, just to concept time and just like, oh, and it led to you and I meeting, which is, I think, nifty. I always like that kind of stuff. Um, but then you are you as a singer, songwriter, and I very quickly just started powwowing on our thoughts about that art and the trials and tribulations and the good things and the bad things. And I, I feel like we really hit, we hit it off like a spark, like, yeah, me too. And Oh my God, you know, all that stuff. And so, um, you know, I, I think connections like that are really important to me um, because I've often said that what I think when I was in the throes of doing music or bands, I was pretty isolated um, one by habit. I, I just was very lonerish, I, I think, as a kid, you know what I mean? Not because I'm so rebel or whatever, but but just I was used to that. And so when I went and did music, you're kind of in bands, but I didn't um, I didn't talk to other musicians or females or have um, gal peers that I could talk to. And so I really cherish the people that I meet now and those conversations and the consequent like friendships um, on a very, very authentic, real for for good reasons, um, reasons. <laughs> and so you and I started talking more about songwriting and new work and you getting back into, um, a new project, um, and recording and your songs and all of that. And I just thought they were such great conversations, um, that I, I wanted to talk with you about it here as well. But I first like to just, if you could, I just want to talk to you too about like how you found music, like, when, you know, like if it's a kid or when you found music and what it meant to you and why, like, when did you start really going, you know what, I think I want to do this. Mm. Well, the number one memory that I have is being in the woods, uh, way up in the woods uh, on a hill behind my house when I was probably about eight 
and I could go up there and there was this like path up this hill and I could go up there by myself and be totally alone. And one day I came upon a dead bird on the path and maybe it was my first real experience with death, but this really intense moment with this bird and I started singing to it and I felt like number one, mm. I had to go to the woods to sing cause it didn't feel somehow safe to sing yeah. uh, with witnesses. And then the act of singing to try to transmit love um, mm -hmm. and, and grief and feeling to this other, you know, being um, that's always stuck with me. That's deep. Yeah, I know. Right. That's like past livey, like, born shaman shaman eight-year-old am i saying but, something <laughs> totally but my you know like i grew up with uh, a mother and a grandmother who sang church choirs and conducted church choirs and so there was all, already this language of pianos and organs and sheet music and okay choral choral pieces and yeah 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 because i do think and you can correct me if i'm wrong like you are very uh, I find your music and your artistry to be very deep earth, female, earth mama, bluesy, purposeful story telling and healing, healing uh, practice. Do, do you think that's true? Like, that's how I perceive you. Does that ring I love true? That. It does. I mean, that's sort of my aim. And I think uh, really, even. <laughs> even though I took basically 10 years off from making music to have a kid and do other, other things I needed to do the experience of having a child, giving birth, working with breath, inhabiting my body in a totally different way where like something else sort of took over my body and having that experience of being a channel literally. Yeah. Totally influenced my, my music. And I do feel a groundedness that I did not feel before I had my kid. Right. Yeah. See, this is what I think about the the getting older means more experiences means deeper. Yes. I mean, I think you're probably telling stories now from experience that are deep, deeper, because um, those are those are really big moments like to become a mother. Right. Or to have someone pass. Um, those are carve you out experiences. Um and beautiful ones, right, to get to be a mother, um, to, you know, pass through life and have these experiences, but then to share it back, like, especially with this new work, I feel like you are with a clarity sharing it back with a, a sense of purpose um, that is very, um, like, you know what you want to say. Yeah, and I think that uh, the way to deliver the music, because my path in the last few years has been building a band and creating the sound with this band that is very like some kind of people compare it to the Hotel Boogie Band or, you know, mm -hmm. like it's classic 70s psychedelic rock, whatever. Like my songs and the, the, the lyrics and the stories of my songs are, like you said, kind of like about deep stuff and mm -hmm. kind of not super fun and like mm, mm -hmm. sexy and party flirty. <laughs> yeah. But, but being able to deliver those messages through music that inhabits your whole body and it allows me to shriek and shake it and do all that yeah. stuff feels like an amazing balance that I love. Yeah. Well, and I find voice tone sound healing. Um, and what, like how lucky, 
how lucky are you that you can do that and you could utilize it and then use use the art form for healing. Like I have a deeper gratitude for um, the artistry of storytelling with purpose um, and singing, right? Because it's the tone itself will heal people. Um, and I think when someone knows that and then they're authentically saying, I have this to share, um, it's really powerful. Um, and I'm hoping, like, I really want in the future to gather musicians and create a concert environment that is very obviously there. Like, people would show up very obviously to be like, I am here. I, I need to see singer-songwriters and hear stories and be healed. Like, you know, I feel like when there was Joni Mitchell or Janis Joplin or Bob Dylan or all these people, like... I felt uh, maybe this is what I think. Anyways, people were living with the, that music and those stories and the, there were, you know, that they were telling the times that people were going through and stories like it was a big part of their lives. Um, integrated with like just everyday someone's life, right? Like, and, and they would turn and, and respect an artist or see an artist and say, oh, they're singing my life or things like that. And I feel like I would like to return to that or, or find the audiences that understand that and can, then can really enjoy the storytelling or the, the artist themselves saying, oh, this artist tells these kind of stories. I need that. I want to go see that um, and create an environment so the people know that's what you're coming for. And, and you're the kind of, you know, you folks who want to see that and experience that maybe selfishly, I want that. <laughs> well, you do that very brilliantly. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like being a mirror, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love that song by, uh, the velvet underground. I'll be your mirror. I've always wanted to cover that song, but oh, like, yeah. that's the idea. It's like, if we just get, if we have the courage to like stand up there on our, you know, just stand grounded in, in who we are and share our true experience, then it totally resonates with other people. Yeah, I think you know, you're right. But, but you have to be brave enough to show it. Yeah. Well, and recently with the new work you've done, like you and I have had conversations about bravery and coming back to it. Um, can you speak, can you speak a little bit to like, you, you know, you took a very purposeful hiatus, right? And then you were like, I'm ready to make music again. Did it feel like it took courage? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, I, th I didn't think about it. I thought about it like I have to, I have to rein in my expectations because, you know, in different chapters of my life, I've reached certain milestones in the Seattle right. art community <laughs> that I'm like, oh, I'm this. And I wouldn't go do that because I'm this, whatever, right? Everybody right. has their own versions of that. And so when I came back, I was like, well, I can't just go start singing in Seattle. So I started going to this like CD blues club in Tacoma called Dawson's CD. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a blue collar bar that has a has a, a jam, all kinds of jams, whatever. Yeah. And I like, yeah. I had to go there for a while and like literally get back in my body where I knew nobody would know me. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and I was like, just focused on, and that felt great. I was like, I got up and I did a song tonight. I'm so, so proud of myself. <laughs> and so it was like super, super low expectations, you know? And then like, yeah. And then it was, and it was just people The the magic is like the people, like, 
I would meet someone and they would reflect back to me and I would reflect to them. And then we'd say, let's play together. And then there's somebody else would join us and suddenly in a band. And, you know, it's like the collection of all those things coming together is what in my experience create has created the most momentum, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's really smart to go no to, to give yourself privacy, to get back into it. Or, you know, or a private spot to say, uh, before I push myself in front of a, you know, more in all these directions, I, just to go be alone and solidify for yourself um, singing and how you feel about it, I think is a really smart move, as opposed to right away just shoving yourself out there. Like, you know, artist, you need private time to say, like, it, to, to enjoy it or answer for yourself what you think. Um, and that's part of the fun too. And it, that fun can go away. I think when people push too hard or think they got to go, you know, get in front of people or faster than they think, or they think they think they're missing out on something or mm-hmm. I got to right away, get in the scene. And, you know, my, my current, you know, current feeling, but this is probably at my, at my, where I am in life too. My idea of a scene is a, a Scenes aren't as important to me. Like, what kind of scene? Yeah, it's a yeah. question I keep yeah. asking. Yeah. Well, the scene I think is the younger. The, when I say scene, I say mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote scene. That's a younger stage where it's all more about being cool and all of that. And I, I just don't care. Um, which makes you more cool by not caring. Which does it? So, does it make yeah, me more cool? All right, on. I thought it just made me older. <laughs> I, was just, I, I was so. I think the first time I, I don't even know if we met at this thing. The first time I saw you in person was this um, podcast performance that you took part in with Shelby Earl and oh yeah, uh, half of uh, that amazing band. Help me in Portland, Joy Pearson. Yeah, yeah. Joy Pearson, Lenore. Yeah. Oh my God, I love Lenore. Oh, they're so good. So and I was just so like, I like read ahead of times, like, you know, sh- you know, Carrie took 10 years off to his back. There, and I was like, what? Huh? That sounds like me. Yeah. So it's like similarity. And I showed up and these super powerful mothers making incredible music with this audience that was, you know, totally a different scene, but a super powerful scene. It was just like, uh, you know, it meant the world to me. It was very inspiring. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, because it's, you know, I remember like when I was, say it was around 95, oh, I was, I was 25 then. I can't remember how old was I. Um, and I remember hipsters or dudes being like, oh, Carrie's the kind of girl who wants to get married and have kids. And I was like, what's wrong with that? Like, mm-hmm. sorry, is that, is that not cool? Like, you know, like, and then recently, like I've had great conversations um, with other women who are younger than me, who are coming into that time in their life in their thirties or whatever, where that becomes a question, yes or no, of like, are you going to make family? Are you going to, what do you want? Like, that's a pretty natural question. Not everybody's having kids. And I think that's, that's great. That's fine. But it's a pretty, it's to degrade. It made me mad, I guess. It was like, yeah, I want family. I'm sorry. Is that not cool? Like, (laughs) and so, um, there's a lot of rage behind that, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also, it keeps you, it keeps the perception of you so shallow, like scenes and younger moments or frames of mind like that. Don't, don't see you in any depth, I think at all, which is a shame because depth is really interesting. Um, 
also life is long. And so whoever is criticizing at the young age certainly isn't going to be there to help you later. So you really got to toss that aside and tend to your life and honor it and all those kind of things too. Um, but I think, you know, I'm like, yeah, you go have a kid, you pay attention, you know, you chose to have a kid, go pay attention. It's a beautiful thing, right? 10 years. I mean, think about it. Patty Smith took 35 years off. <laughs> Thank you. That's, I like to hear that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a, it's not a, it can feel like it at the time. Cause it's, it, <laughs> I remember like I went from being probably single and a band and all of this to like married with a kid. And then I was just like, Whoa, fast. Like, yeah. and it was all of a sudden doing dishes going, what? <laughs> like I found, I found myself one day, like at the sink doing dishes, living a completely different life tending to others whereas I had only been tending to myself up until about 40 right like I didn't have my son till I was 41 and so it was a shocker for me and I don't know that I could figure I didn't quite figure it out that fast either I was like why am I slightly depressed what's happening (laughs) slightly (laughs) slightly depressed and (laughs) diving into wine yes yeah which happens a lot yeah yeah, no one could. I always tell people I, I have had friends who, at, at certain times where they were like on the cusp about having kids. And I was like, "Ooh, I could talk you into that and I could talk mm-hmm. you out of that. Go either <laughs> way. <Let's laughs> it's OK. But one of the things that I have uh, really embraced through different work, including awesome therapy work, is moms naturally feel resentful of their children. And mm-hmm. it's OK to feel that way. And. We just need to find the, the, the healthy outlet for addressing it as opposed to, you know, pushing it down or yeah, all the microaggressions that we can put out at our kids or at ourselves for it, you know, and it's like our society certainly doesn't, um, we're just supposed to shut up and, and do it, right? Take care of right. everything right, right. and not complain. Let's just so. be perfect all the time, which is not possible. Oh, no. Yeah, there is the real um, risk of perfectionism. I I recently read a book called Why We Can't Sleep, and it is written for Gen X women. And it was revelatory because it explained a lot of the things I've been doing to myself. Like you grew up being told everything was possible. So you were trying to do everything, Mm -hmm. which is not possible. And I was like, oh, that explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Care Bear, why are you like? <laughs> my mom, my mom used to say, I would call her when we lived in Minneapolis, I would call her, you know, be angst ridden around music or just tired and stri- Orion, my son was three, right? And I had a full time corporate job and was married, was just ri- ridiculous and still yet contemplating music like, how am I going to fit it in? And I was like, Mom, how did you do it with two kids being a single mother? And she was like, I didn't have this art struggle you have. <laughs> she art was like, I, yeah, she was like, I had a routine and I was happy. And I was like, okay, you're going to be of no help. All right. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. That's good. It's good. You were happy with it. <laughs> well, I was like, I love you. But I was, I, w- I also was disappointed. Like, where is my, where's my mentor? Where's my music partners? And again, that's why I'm really cherishing these friendships and conversations because, um, I understand a feeling alone with all the quandary going, what is happening? Why do I feel this way? Um, and I've, I've learned that I was like, Oh, some, 
a lot of it's on me. If you want to make, you know, like, if you want to make friends, you got to make an effort. Um, and so I probably for the last 15 years been ex- just triple time more active trying um, or, or, or asking, like if I knew someone like reaching out and saying, Hey, what do you think? And you know, that doesn't, doesn't mean there's best friends made every time, but I think it's important to try or offer or share, you know, not everybody's going to be best friends, but trying. Got to keep putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was going to, if it's okay, I want to talk about when you went into this, the new recording, um, how, like, talk to me about your band. So you've been with your bandmates for a long time. Um, and then going into recording, um, What's that relationship feel like? Because that's a good thing. Like, so one of the things I really like about recording is your bandmates. And when you've been with bandmates for a while, you got like a language mm-hmm. going on. I mean, bands have struggles as well, but it could be a great thing. How did you feel going into recording? It was like we, uh, I totally trusted the people implicitly. Mm-hmm. We did not have, we had minimal rehearsal for a lot of crazy reasons. This is before coronavirus and the new revolution and everything. But uh, Mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, we haven't figured out every last thing, but what we do when we're live is like totally magic. You know, it, it, Mm -hmm. it, it's in the pocket and everybody really gets off on playing with each other. So, you know, I asked Steve Fisk, my producer to, you know, set us up so that we could all record. We were all like in the same room. I was in the recording booth where I could see, and we could all like play at the same time. And uh, that was that was great. It was a great experience. You know, it was like we did the songs in single takes, right. And we went back and did some little like guitar extra things here and there. But, um, for the most part, everything was done in one take, you know, single takes. I shouldn't say one take, but you know, a couple takes, but full takes were used. So there is something amazing about being all in the same room together. Had you guys recorded differently prior to that? Was it new to be all together? I hadn't put out, uh, a recording in 12 years and my other, my, and my previous two albums that I put out, um, I didn't have a band for either of those. I brought in studio okay. music musicians. So mm-hmm. it was a totally different experience. Everything yeah. was done separately. And, um, I, I, I think I prefer, you know, doing it, mm-hmm. doing it with everybody. Um, that it's, having such incredible musicians to play with, you know, yeah. I just, so, so grateful. Isn't it yummy? Like you got to have, there's like all that stuff that is some of the best about doing music. You're right. Is collaborating and getting to be with amazing musicians. Like it's, it's one of my, all, it's one of my favorite things. About and it's it. tricky. It's like, you, like you were talking about reaching out to people, like reaching out to fellow women. It's the same with band. It's like, I couldn't mm-hmm. call these people up out of the blue after 10 years off and be like, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like you to join my band. And they'd be mm-hmm. like, sure. You know, like I had no <laughs> confidence. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had to get myself to a certain point where I had, you know, I could say, this is my project and I want to bring you into it. And I, you know, um, and then they showed up effortlessly. Right. Once I got yeah. to the point that I knew what I wanted and, and that I was comfortable with being in control of it, you know, and thankfully also, you know, working with you, right. It was, I, oh, I was so grateful to engage with you in your creative coaching 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I asked you to, you know, support me for a couple of months before that release. Cause I was like, I, I want to make sure that I'm being really intentional with my decisions and making yeah. them for the right reasons. And it was extremely helpful to, you know, touch base with you and say like, I have this little part of me doesn't feel good about this thing. Right. I probably yeah. should ignore it. And you're like, Fuck, what are you talking about? You know, listen to that. You know, like, okay. Okay. Maybe I should listen to that. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's such my honor and pleasure to be of any help. <laughs> Again, just having been alone for so long, it's so nice to be able to share, you know, if something is helpful, it is an, it's an absolute pleasure for me. So, I mean, you gift me with asking me to do that. And so it means I don't have to, I don't get to be alone. Right. I get to be, I get to share and, and support it selfishly kind of in a way that I would want to be supported. Right. No, I felt uh, that's cool. It felt very symbiotic, you know, like clearly we're both getting something out of it. And the more that I could like reveal myself, yeah. the more it could, you know, inspire you or whatever. Yeah. I, I so appreciate, um, a lot of, support and guidance from you around making time to just have that creative um, gestation space, right? We're like, right. go to your basement and open a book you like and read it and do nothing else for a while. Or, you know, like right. what are the practices where you make time to let new things come in and don't treat it like, uh, it's just a, maybe a, maybe an extra credit thing. If you finish everything else on your list, actually <laughs> it should probably be number two or three on the list. Exactly. If you're an artist. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we can have all these expectations about how you ought to be functioning. I should be producing a song every day. Like I had to really put down my personal criticism on myself. Like you don't write every day. And I'm like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I work. I periodically deluge a bunch of th- thoughts and stories or something. <laughs> it used to be breakups. I'd have a breakup and there'd be a whole record written. And mm-hmm. that's how I function. I mean, I mm-hmm. may push that a little bit, but I don't think pushing in the name of um, if, if you're unhappy because it's not right. You know what I mean? And who what's the what's the like goal line we're trying to hit? Where, where do we got to get to so fast? You know what I mean? Music's the rest of your life. It's yours. And I'm just a firm believer. Like you can do it any goddamn way you want to do it. Like, and the farce is that some, you know, it's to push, push, push and find out you got nowhere anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause we aren't in control of later. Um, you can do what you think is all the right things, but whether or not anyone listens or radio stations like you or any of that, often you're just not in control and that's okay. It's, it's better to lovingly know the truth and, and have a good time from the start for yourself so that if those other things don't happen, you're not unhappy. You had your, you have what you needed. Um, uh, and, you know. and I, I think that uh, for, for the most part, art is about, evolution transformation and most artists don't stay the same throughout Mm -hmm. their career right they constantly change you got to be like open to and i don't know about you but i'm um i'm at this moment right now where i've spent the last two years training myself to shine brightly no matter what and trust that it's Mm -hmm. safe and it's okay to shine brightly and now Mm -hmm. i'm like holy shit 
you know, I can't go down to the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone on Capitol Hill in the mm-hmm. midst of this, uh, I'm calling a revolution that's happening in our country. I can't go down there and get on the mic and sing and offer my services at this time in this mm-hmm. moment. I have to listen and I have to support my black brothers and sisters. And so mm-hmm. aside from listening, supporting, donating, doing all the things that we can actively do to help them. What am I supposed to do? And I don't know about you. I'm, I'm really struggling with this at the moment. Like, so I'm mm-hmm. like, everything I just built feels like it went out the window. And then I go, well, that's, that's a privileged first world problem for me to have. Mm-hmm. That sucks. But now mm-hmm. what? Right. It's like, okay, well, I don't know what, actually, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to go forward. So all I know is if I make space and listen yeah. and get quiet and ask yeah. a question, then it'll probably come around, right? Yeah, and I think looking at like the winning goals as different helps a lot. Like what is winning? You know, I suck I'm using the word winning, but um uh that that has to change. I feel like what does success you know, success look like? These are probably really old words too. No. But um but I have defined success for me differently, um, born out of same, similar things like, oh, I, I, I did a whole record and um, didn't get, a, I guess if I looked at it this way, didn't get the response I thought I would, but I also did it like the promoting of it very different as I wished. And so there's a bunch that you kind of can't be surprised by and make sense for me at my age. So all of that's kind of good. But at the same time, I've had really aggressive um, lessons with people that that I took as lessons. And when I walked away, when it was really intense, so I've had a couple uh, experiences where it wasn't friendly and it wasn't nice at all. And in the moment, I definitely was having natural feelings of like implosion or I'm invisible and, you know, all the human things. But I I had also a moment where I stopped and I said, okay, or what are we going to do? Are we imploding? Is that what we're going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because you kind of don't, there's, it's a beautiful space, I guess, to not have a choice mm-hmm. because something will come out of it. And you're right about getting quiet and listening, um, for your own answer. Um, but also there's lots of learning and listening, right? Like I mm-hmm. walked out of that going, well, what, I, what I do know, cause I was like, what do I know is true? And I was like, well, I do know that I can write, record, play live for the rest of my life without anyone's permission or anyone getting in the way. I can do that, right? Like I'm not in control if somebody plays it on the radio, um, but I am in control of all of that forever. And I was kind of good with that. (laughs) I was like, okay, good. Um, And I still feel like the individual journey is really important, privileged or not. You know what I mean? Like we're, you're, we're human beings as well, not negating what's going on because it is it is real and good and all of that. Um, but but I have the same things as a white woman, privileged white woman, um, being being quiet and thinking, reading, learning, which is my responsibility, um, and then giving myself some time to believing in intuition, right? Like intuition regardless doesn't go away. And I feel like I'm, I'm open to learning and honoring what comes to me or comes from wherever, um, to hear what my next good next step is. Cause that's my intent. 
um, I want to do something good as well and helpful. Um, but I, and I'm okay with my silence and learning. And then, then I, then I can do something. Maybe it's just being the deep artist that I can be, you know, and then partnering with others and as maybe asked, not foisting it upon people, but like, I don't know. There, there's a lot. I like what you said about there's the listening for the moment that's, you know, that gives you the answer for something that's bigger than you, right? Bigger than all of us, bigger than all of this mm-hmm. um, that says, tells you something, right? Like you don't. And um, staying connected to others, right? Not, yeah. not like on social media all day, but like Mm-mm. reaching Mm-mm. out to organizations or people and being like, I'm going to help or whatever. I have something to offer. Well, and this is so much bigger than like, don't you feel like this is so much bigger than like, where am I in the music scene? <laughs> like That just makes me go. Now I think of that and I just go, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like there's a revolution going on, like a humanity, a hum, you know, around humanity and people who cares about whether or not KXB is playing my music. You know, <laughs> like, what do mm-hmm. I care? Like lives are changing. That feels I check myself with any pettiness like that, you know, or mm-hmm. or, or or I was like. That seems silly. Because we can always find something. There's some proof that somebody doesn't like us somewhere. There's all, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that should that. be, that's not really the, you know, when you want to be a part of like deeper human change, then wouldn't you want to care about that more than like, did somebody put me in the paper or, yeah. you know, all the other channels, seeing channels, those seem really... It would make me feel like I was being silly. Well, I don't know about you, but when I like, when I think about my, my biggest dreams, which I've shared with you before, mm-hmm. like what would the, you know, greatest, wildest success with music for me, it, 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 it does involve huge groups of people and huge mm-hmm. crowds of people. Uh, but it's, it's about healing at the end of it. It's about, yeah. You know, I mean, music does this already. This is nothing new. Right. But Mm -hmm. like my place in this is like encouraging people to make sound and to embrace sound in order to transform and heal. I, that's what I'm here to do. And I obviously want it to be able to, you know, do it with as many people as possible, because I believe that if enough people were making the same sound at the same time around the planet, we would shift, right? We would right. way more effortlessly shift than we are right now. Yeah. Right, right. I feel, I, I feel like too, with the conversations you and I have had, like around coaching and all that, I've had some clients around and I, I believe like I'm attracting people want to talk about creativity and I'm really, um, enjoying that. Um, and there's so much self doubt in with folks, anybody in creativity. And I'm finding such passion around helping people see themselves of value, that they are of value and the stories they want to tell are of value. They will have a place. And just the importance of that um, and dispelling stories that we tell ourselves and self-criticism or, um, you know, someone will say, oh, I can't do that because of this. And I'm like, that's a story you're telling yourself. And then 
really take a moment and say, do you really believe that? And, and that to me is getting them to connect to their heart and their intuition, right? So I'm a big proponent of like, let's move from utilizing our heads and move to the heart, which is a real tool as well. Um, maybe the less respected one, but I think the most important one, you know, that's where I think decisions are made because we all know how to function or do a good job or do the things. But I think a renegade thing to do is to build your um, intuitive muscle. Oh my God. I saw uh, a poster or you know, a sign at the Capitol Hill autonomous zone yesterday that said your heart is the same size as your fist. Ooh. Like yeah. yeah. Wow. Isn't that good? That is good. That is good. Yeah. 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 Well, you were talking too about, you know, this current time too. And like uh, when we all went into shelter in place too, like I backed out of all social media. For me, I just, I had a really gut feeling that I was like, the time has come for isolation. Like I really needed isolation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's been very good for me because I've been, I've needed some quiet time, more time with my family, a return to me kind of timing and just meditating uh, wide open, like going, what? Like what, mm -hmm. what, what do we like? What do we, you know, just re revisiting like my values or my loves or trying to remember what I love. Um, and then letting go, doing a lot of letting go. Um, and consequently being able to find appreciation, you know what I mean? And contentment <laughs> like, Oh, I've good life. Like really, mm -hmm. um, being with my, I didn't realize like I was, um, uh, you know, working in Seattle. I live in Tacoma, T-Town. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really realized the toll that the, that commute was taking on my family. And now we've been with each other every day for months and I love it. And it's mm -hmm. just the time, just the time together. I mean, we've had our own, but you know, we've had struggles because we've had the time to like, talk about the thing that we are struggling with. And I'm just, I'm realizing, I don't know that I can ever go back. Mm -hmm. uh, I like being with them. You know, I like being here. I like a simpler life like this. There's um, a lot of pleasure in eliminating the uh, distractions and the time sucks. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful bridge to that part of yourself. You described earlier back in Minneapolis, you know, doing the dishes or whatever and being like, <laughs> where am I? Is this my life? And you're like, yeah. This yeah. is my life. Yeah. That's pretty I, good. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Yeah. It's been really pleasurable just to be like, I'm, I'm actually pretty good. Like I, I am so grateful that I, I mean, if I look back, I'm like, look at how different your life is. You know, I say to myself and I'm one so happy, you know, but it takes stopping. Like we've like stopping and being quiet and thinking about it. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty good. I like my family. I, you know, my husband and my son, our little house. I actually have a friend of, I have a circle of girlfriends. Like I never had that. Like I have friends that I like, I get to play music. Um, you and I have the same producer, Steve, our sweet Steve Fisk. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> like I just, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming, um, building, and putting energy into uh, building a life that is good for me. Um, and so, yeah, I guess during this time with all the time that we have on our hands silently, I've just gotten to have that revelation like, oh, 
well, we're, I mean, I love this podcast. Like I get to do it with Brian. I get to talk, you know, like there's, I'm like, I think I've got it pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, and there's more to come. I mean, it's a good realization. It's like, you're like this, yeah. everything is going fine despite the challenges yeah. of the world and the revolution and it's happening. It's like, this, this is a good life still. Well, and the revolution is good, right? Like yeah. people are, you know, people get afraid of anger or whatever, but I'm like, has to happen. Mm-hmm. You got to get to, tr- you have to get to truth. Um, the song that I just put out, uh, what, two days ago, June, June 12th, mm-hmm. um, I don't remember me. It was written mm-hmm. in my basement late one night where I was like playing with two chords and I was, tr- I, I was trying and I had been for maybe a couple of weeks with my husband and in therapy and all the ways, like trying to deal with something from my past. And like, I couldn't, I just couldn't get there. I couldn't look at it or whatever. And something about that night, I, I was in the basement and I was playing these chords over and over. And then my husband came downstairs and it doesn't always work this way, even though he and I have collaborated many times and are great, like creative allies, partners. Usually I don't, do things with him like I don't uh compose songs with other people necessarily but that song was absolutely composed while I was exploring my depths and going into my childhood shit while my Mm -hmm. husband was watching wow that experience of like having the courage to show myself to my partner who it is the easiest to treat like shit right Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. um and to you know have enough compassion for myself to go there and see the truth then allowed me to have a new level of compassion for where I'm at allows my husband to see me more clearly and then I was like well that's that's the best thing I could offer anybody who listens to my music is like if you love if if we love ourselves if we can like you already said this like if we could take the time and be okay with who we are and really be honest with who we are and how precious we are then we could we could shine that outward and we could change the world mm-hmm. yeah you know and yeah. especially now where i don't know about you but I, i'm as a white person, I'm terrified. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I got, you know, like I want to be McSugar. It it's uh, it's really easy to, to punish myself and go, Oh yeah, fuck that up. Or God, you should be more this or look at that person. They're doing this. And it's like, no, if I can't be my own best friend first and know that I'm not Mm -hmm. perfect, I have humility, I have a lot to learn, it's okay if I fuck up, Mm -hmm. I will pick myself up again, and I'll admit it, and, you know, I will stand up for myself. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, because self-hatred isn't going to serve anybody, right? Like, they need you, I mean, we, we all need good people, and good people aren't, they don't come to fruition from beating the shit out of themselves. <laughs> right. You're just tearing ourselves down. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's huge sharing in a partnership moment. That vulnerable moment is a huge share. You said earlier, and maybe we've talked about this, but did we both grow up kind of going, yeah, I didn't sing and I didn't share what I did with my family. Correct. Um, yeah. Um, and when, Ever, um, because my family, my mom married my stepdad, and he had three kids, and 
they had come out of, I think some, well, I know they had come out of something really rough and awful. And so it wasn't like a, I mean, everybody was fine, but it was also a lot of teasing as a way to communicate, right? Like, or, Mm -hmm. and so when it's nonstop teasing, I'm certainly not going to, and I'm what, 11 or something going, I think I'd like to try singing. That's not an audience I'm going to open my soft belly to. And so uh, I never, never sang in front of my family. They'd all leave and I'd put on a Barbra Streisand record (laughs) (laughs) and sing along but never in front of them. Um, I did choir. They might've seen that, but, um, but just to, it wasn't like, okay. So for instance, you'll love this, Julia. Oh my God. So the difference between my family, uh, then and my family now with Orion, like I am, I am proud. I'm not going to take credit, but I'm, I'm going to take a little credit. I love that Orion will has no problem just we'll hear him alone in his room just like belting a song out like oh, joke <laughs> like just and he's not afraid like he's not afraid to sing in this house falls out just like singing some song in the shower one i envy his joy yeah like when he's in a joy mode where i was like oh what's that feel like like i'm mm-hmm. not getting up this morning feeling like yeah 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 you know he is though and i'm like mm-hmm. oh what's that feel like like I miss being a kid, but I'm also really proud that he feels safe enough in this house that he can vocally express himself. Cause that's a vulnerable, don't you think like singing can feel very vulnerable? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of, I mean, that's amazing. First of all, that says you're doing <laughs> something right. That's, okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And I, I experienced similar with my 10 year old daughter who is very, very comfortable because she's been encouraged to be who she is. But, you know, like I didn't get that. I, I got in some ways, like I had a mom who like went to school for music, but kind of never did anything with it. And so like, I got all kinds of, uh, super subtle microaggressions that I didn't really Mm -hmm. like understand until later in life. That was like, Mm -hmm. why, why can't I learn? how to do this music. Cause something tells me that I'm not good enough and I'll never learn whatever. Um, but I was like, Oh my God, how do I not pass this on to my child? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so. you must've been like your mom's worst nightmare because you're, you're, she went and studied and you do it naturally. Like that's gotta be the biggest burn on somebody who's like, Oh, you work so hard. <laughs> and now look at your daughter. Who's just like brimming with like natural talent and doesn't have to study at all. Or why should she? <laughs> and, and I like that. I've never, ever seen it that way before, but I'm going to chuckle on that one for a while. Yeah, right? Like, it's got to be the biggest, like, oh, yeah, you bent yourself over backwards and beat yourself up, and she's just doing it by nature. <sighs> <laughs> I think my, I think I've had family like that, too, who's just sort of like, what? Because um, we don't think about it that way, right? It's a natural state of expression. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever, I've never thought about it. Like I better be good. <laughs> I mean, I like being good. Um, I, I strive for being good, but not out of some competition to beat the crap out of myself or I'm interested. No, it's, it's so enjoyable, right? It's so oh, God, fun yeah. to sing. It feels, yeah. feels like second nature. Um, I mean, it's like what our bodies were made to do. And the other- that in love. Yes. Yes. I'm such a hippie. I know, but I love that about you. You're a love, you're a love child. Your energy is crystal diamond love. That should be your new band. (laughs) Perfect. Right. Well, I, but I also think, um, 
how lucky are we that we have learned how to express ourselves that way? Because I certainly don't do that anywhere else in my life, right? Like if you, especially if you go to work, right? That's always, that was been a little chagrin for me to be like, when I was working more than doing music, I was like, well, where in my life do, do I get a balls out, like scream, yell, or sing out of my box, express myself that way. Um, I, you know, I'm doing way more corporate speak, <laughs> which is really confining and twisting and wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. So now if I listen to stuff, I'm like, oh, I like like a dancer, I would imagine, or somebody like, I'm glad that I know how to do that. Um, And I want to, I need to do things like that, express myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with any uh, art, as you get really good at it, like, because you do it a lot, it just becomes mm -hmm. another form of communication. It's like, you you kind of like, I need to do this because this is how I emote myself to the world or even to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah last, no. Last night I was, uh, I, I had a hard time last night with my head. I was really hard time focusing. And so oftentimes that means I go to the backyard and make a fire in the fire pit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thankfully it wasn't raining. So I made a fire and um, I don't know. Short story is I started kind of writing a song I, as I was like making the fire. And I was like, Oh, it's like, oh, the drug is kicking in. I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> making sense of the world. I've got two rhyming lines and I'm welcoming yeah. more. And like, you know, it's just like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know you know what I mean, Carrie. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> right. Like it's coming out. Yay. You know what I mean? It's such a mm-hmm. cool, I mean, it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. That's right. Uh, What's well, neat? Right? <laughs> it's neat, neat. Like I love the word neat, and I hate the word neat. But sometimes you're like, it's just neat, like to yeah, be able really to is. have an idea come to you at all. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if somebody like Ryan was saying, if you're a painter or a writer or whatever, like when the ideas aren't coming, that's the that's when you get scared. You're sort of like, but I don't think humans are. I mean, humans only get in the way of themselves, right? right. Like I think we're natural vessels of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to get the hell out of the way. Yeah, I think we're our worst enemies a lot of the time. I know I'm. Yeah. I am. <laughs> There's all that self doubt oh, yeah. all the time, you know. Yeah. Well, and we have these messed up timelines too of like when we ought to be doing things or whatever, which is not helpful mm-hmm. at all either. Um, but oh, Julie, I wanted to ask you too. Like, it was really fun to. I guess what what did you think of this? Like, so I got to come into your the studio one day. Well, so rad. When, it, it was really fun for me too. And I got to sing on your record and thank you for offering that. It was really fun to sing with you and a couple other gals as well, which I, I that's one of the kind of things I like to do, like kind of a, a choir background. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, did you, um, cause we did so much talking about uh, practicing, almost going, well, what do you think? <laughs> I thought maybe mm-hmm. I made your guitar player mad. <laughs> like, Cause I was so fixated on you getting to say what you think and like, whatever, that there's always a group dynamic. Like, you know, I've been in bands long enough too, where natural leaders can just have a lot of ideas and it seems like taking over, but they're not, they're just natural leaders. Um, but I was so focused on Julia just being like, well, what do you think? Like anyone else could have an idea in the room. And I was like, what is your idea? What do you think? You know. <laughs> um, but it seems to me like you did you did have an, you totally had the experience where you're like, no, I said what I wanted to say. And it, it was recorded and we had the ideas and you were surrounded by amazing musicians. And, um, did you feel like you got to have, did you feel like it was different? Like that you were like, oh yeah, I got to have that experience where I was like, no, I, this is, I see my vision. Yes, I did. I absolutely did. And thank you for your, you know, what you contributed to that. It was, you know, it's like, it's like, 
the best I, possible scenario to have somebody being, what do you think? Are you happy? I get really bulldoggy. I know. I was awesome. a little worried because then I get really passionate about it, but I get a little bulldoggy too. Like, you, you, quiet. What does she think? Like, well, you know what be I like, who's that, that bitch? It was like, you, you, it was like, it was you and Rebecca Young and Elisa Newhall came in and, and suddenly there was like all this woman energy, even though Rebecca Young was playing bass, she was already there, but there was a, an influx of female energy. And like you said, it, like the energy changed and shifted and some, you know, uh, I think we were like, we were in the, we were around the microphone and I was like, you know, whatever, giving notes. And mm -hmm. I said something like, um, I want you to sing from your vagina or something like that. And, <laughs> yeah. and then you said like, Oh, this, is, this might take a while or something like that. <laughs> And after you left and after all the rest of the ladies left, Steve's um, manager, Skin, uh, yeah. he, he goes, who's a, an awesome guy, he he goes, oh, man, that was the best thing. Come here. You got to hear this. And he played back. He had recorded on his phone just that, you know, me going, sing from your vagina. And you going, oh, that's my, this might take a while. <laughs> and it's just like. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He just yeah. like acknowledged that like, wow, the female power took over the room and how mm -hmm. awesome it was. And I was like, God damn, that's cool that we had, that feels like probably a rare moment in rock and roll yeah. circles of like women talking about singing from their vaginas and making yeah. a rock and roll record. I don't know. We're acknowledging the, how powerful it feels to be a woman, yes. not weak, not less like, um, the if you know Naja Monique and Dell from Miragloss, oh yes, um, who I love a lot. They were Dell reached out to me and she they were very kind, kindly wanting to do a interview with me. And I remember Dell sent me some questions. One I can't, one of them was I think like if you could be a superhero, who would it be? And I was like, well, it would be a woman character because I I like being a woman. I like the woman character. I like the. I like, I find like the female body sexy and powerful and the way it can move, um, the sounds that women make singing or whatever. I just, I like being a, a, a goddess, I guess for not mm -hmm. necessarily the word, but like a mm -hmm. Valkyrie, whatever. I find mm -hmm. women powerful and I like the sound of voices, you know, it's been interesting because I think they are powerful. It's been interesting through the years of playing in rock bands. I, I think sometimes male audiences along the way didn't know what to do with that, but I don't think they were against it. I think they were just confused. Like, wait, why do I like this? Like I'm used to, I, I prefer usually a, a male fronted band and it's all men and, and, that's that's powerful but i can't tell you the amount of times i would the hammer box or goodness would get done playing and they're you know in some pretty conservative places and there'd be some guy who was like i don't know why but i love your singing like he just was like i never listen to women i had that said to me a lot i never listen to women but you yes you know or whatever and i was like well you gotta open your mind like there's a lot of powerful female voices and a female voice can tone and all of it could be just as exciting or powerful or whatever he was resonating with. It was the way it was framed and it was, mm. uh, that's really cool. You opened his mind. <laughs> that's your goal. I and mean, that's your job, right? Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Help people expand. So bravo you.
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to get out of here alive. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of other bad things would go on. So mm-hmm. um, that's somebody, it was so funny. Like uh, often when I, if I, I don't know if you ever get this in interviews, um, being asked to tell like your female victim story, you know, like, wasn't it hard during the times of blah, blah, blah. And I'm always pretty adamant at going, yeah, I don't got that for you. Like I'm not, you know, well, maybe I'm lucky, but I was like, no, I'm not giving you a victim story. I'm not giving you the, like, it was really hard for me. It was like, actually, no. I mean, there's a, always, everyone, there's always a dick out there somewhere. You know what I mean? Like some jerk or whatever, everybody experiences that. But I got to say, I could count on one hand, and probably lucky out of respect for people who have experienced terrible things. Um, I could count on one hand, probably the amount of times some guy was just outwardly, you know, what are you doing here? Only band come, you know what I mean? Like just an mm-hmm. outward, you know, probably some record label people and some seriously conservative people in Virginia at a show who are talking to me like, again, crowd mod, mod mentality. But anyways, do you ever get that? Do you ever feel like you're being asked to tell some diminished story about yourself? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm similar to you. I don't, um, I don't see myself that way. I see myself as fortunate and also have always used the tactic of like the, uh, the Jedi, like, these are not the droids you're looking for. Like if somebody's coming <laughs> at me with either like too much affection or the wrong kind, I'm just like, I do not see you and I'm walking away. I'm, I will not engage with you, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've, avo- I've, I, I avoid, which is not always a great thing, but, um, but I don't really want to think about that. I would rather talk about the good things like yeah. i mean the powerful things and especially the powerful things yet to come you know? yeah well if there's more powerful language out there rather than diminishing language i think that's good mm-hmm. like i just want to spend time talking about like here's why that artist is amazing or the work that she's doing not because she's a female but like uh, this artist does this you know mm-hmm. um and, or do I mind like saying like, oh, these female artists and things like that, but not to like lump people into a circle. I want to specifically talk about their artistry, their, everybody's individuals. Um, I still really want to do a show um, with a cadre of women. We had kind of talked about it, our friend Heather Reynosa's house um, that gets to, and I haven't figured out how to choreograph it or curate it so that the room itself lends itself to appreciating the artists. Um, I can't tell if it's the room, um, the invite or how you, you know, describe what you'll be, what fans would be coming to see, but I would love to shed a story on a circle of women is like, this is storytellers. You're coming to a story, story night, like, and there's wisdom in the room and, and, these artists have created works to share that. And that's what you're seeing or hearing. And that's, that's what you'll have bought a ticket to come see. So you better, you know, know that Mm -hmm. not like a threat, like you better know that, but, um, (laughs) you better not enjoy it too much. You better listen. (laughs) I got a real bitchy right there. Sorry. I'm like, (laughs) I mean it in terms of like, I just really want to shape an evening to showcase and share with that vision on it. 
Um, and I'm always kind of curious about how you make an evening like that, not only for the audience, but also for the artists. Again, like communing, communing mm-hmm. with the with the not just like, oh, I gathered a bunch of people. We played a show that's, you know, people can pass in the night like that without the deeper experience of saying like, like I've even thought, oh, Julie, you might love this too. Like I've, I've thought about having the evening, have a meeting, literally like a meeting before I put the whole show together to just then invite the women to play and say like, this is the purpose of this evening. How do you feel about it? Like I want it to be more time spent so that all the women that are there understand as well, this is what's being created here and why you're here sharing and who you are at least in my, you know, my eyes, like you're an artist, like this is a curated artist evening. You are an artist, uh, you know, <laughs> without being overbearing, you're like, okay, Gary, give it a rest. Like, but I really would love to provide that. And sometimes I don't even think people know they need that because we're so isolated. We're so isolated. I find a lot of people are isolated. Like I'll be like, Hey, you want to do something? People are like, Oh yeah, I'm really busy. I got to go. And I'm like, God, we can have a deeper, richer experience right here. Totally. I don't know why this is popping in my head. It might seem random, but it's, it's connected. My daughter is obsessed. She's 10 with this musical that's called six. Have you ever heard of six? No. Am I right? Well, well, it was supposed to premiere on Broadway in, I think March, but you know, (gasps) obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's base. it's the six wives of Henry VIII and it's, and it's a pop, pop music show. And the premise is that, they have come together to basically compete uh, for who had it hardest with Henry. (gasps) Really? Wow. And so they each have uh, their own song where they tell their story. And then there's a number of songs where, you know, from the beginning, all like against each other, you know, but by the end of, of it, they have all realized that they're, they all had the same shitty experience and yeah. now because they've listened to each other, they feel more powerful and blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's really awesome oh, I love musical that. and a great concept of like yeah. bringing together people who maybe didn't necessarily see that happening. Right. Yeah. But finding that common thing and then. Yeah. Learning from each other. Well, and potentially there's all this wisdom in the room that isn't getting shared just because shows show nights aren't like that or nobody knows each other. And I want deeper exchanges, I guess, potentially again, not everybody has to be best friends, but wouldn't it be nice to raise the, create a circle? I don't know, like create a knowledge base or a connection in some way to say, to, to elevate everyone's work even in their own minds so that they're not reducing or beating themselves up a lot, but to elevate, this is what we are. Not right. just like, I'm in a band. Yeah. Exactly. You need like a co-op of artists to like say, like we're gonna get together, have a little fireside chat, be creative and then yeah. go perform maybe together, you know? Yeah. Just to share the intent or the philosophy or the idea behind it. And again, like, I don't know everybody that well, but I was like, just to toss it out there one night and see if it doesn't do something for, for folks. Um, but it's those deeper, um, deeper connections and deeper look at what we do, um, that I'm craving. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, we need it. We do need it. It's a great, it's a great model for what everybody needs to be doing. And I would imagine that in this group of women, there are lots of things that we don't all agree on. And there are lots, there's Mm -hmm. some, there are some hostilities and things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, let's talk about race for a minute. Like, here's Mm -hmm. something I woke up to this week. I thought, well, it's women. Like, there's, there's the black, there's the experience of being black. And then there's the, uh, I'm sorry, there's the experience of being oppressed for being a black person. And then there's the experience of being oppressed as a woman. And I had this assumption that, well, all women could agree that that oppression is something that we all could share or could, could get around. But I've been learning this week that there are many black women who actually consider themselves black before they consider themselves women, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. So, like, if we're going to bring a group, a diverse group of women together, Mm -hmm. there's also, I think, got to be space for some super uncomfortable exchanges, right? Yeah. But that's the work, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we we work out this ancestral shit together, and we're willing to go into that space where we get vulnerable and, you know, we open ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, because I, you know... I feel, I feel like I can offer myself and take responsibility for myself and present myself with awareness and sit, and sit with whatever reaction someone needs to, to have or share and then not partner with me. And I will honor that as well. Like it's not for me to say, mm-hmm. it's not for me to say, but I will offer my authentic person and educate myself and have an understanding. But I know that I, I can do just that I can offer. And then if someone chooses to feels like it's okay for them or wherever they're at to say like, yeah, we could do this. And I'm like, okay, then we come, then we go do this together. Um, but you know, so it feels like a, a a light touch, but a respectful touch. Right. Cause I don't feel like there's the thing I'm supposed to say. I mean, I can say I'm aware and I'm, I'm, you know, I will take care of that and I will learn and I will, I, I see, and I acknowledge, but there's not going to be anything I say that's like, I know, but I don't know. You know I mean? That just makes me feel like an idiot right away. Um, but it is a sort of like re- respectfully understood, like, should you want to partner with me? I of course would love it. And if you don't, I respect that as well. And that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For, for, for that for that one particular scenario. So, so we will see, but it's the opportunity. It's the moment of tension. It's the moment of acknowledgement. I feel like it's the moment of honoring. Um, and then whether or not something happens beyond that particular moment of the conversation is, um, not my control, you know what I mean? Like not unknown, um, just like a relationship, just like a partnership. Um, I can partner with someone and love them and, but how they, how, what it works for them or their history or how they, you know, it's, it's like a dance. It's like a partnership. What the, what, what is comfortable for them or what they're ready for, what they've experienced. I'm not really in control of, I can educate myself. Right. I can open my mind. I mean, I do that. I feel like in a relationship now where I'm like, I come with my burdens and my defenses and my, that, that aren't the right thing to do. You know what I mean? And I'm getting educated on what, it, how it is for someone else. 
which is which has been like a paradigm shift like oh i'm looking at it this way but that's not how it is for this person yeah so my viewpoint is a moot point you know there this is this is theirs yeah that's interesting it's like the format that you're that you're describing for this um night of you know this event of singer songwriters uh, it shares structure with like twelve step, right? Like exactly. uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it sounds very. Oh, I was like, this sounds familiar. Like, like <laughs> yeah, group, group like, therapy, twelve step. Yeah. It's a model that you nice. know for whatever you think about twelve step. I, I, uh, I just it's a model that works in terms of uh, people being able to uh, to listen to each other and be heard, right? Like the idea that everybody has their time to oh, yeah. represent themselves and everybody else has to listen. Like that's such a powerful. Yeah. 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 I'm not control the, the person I'm in control of myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like passing the peace pipe or something. I mean, is another right. like analogy. Like yeah. everybody has their. Yeah. Time to declare. And... Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. It'll, I'm still, like, I, you know, I'm just sort of like, oh, do I, you know, you have that knee jerk, like, oh, I'm going to rush out and conversate. And I was like, well, that just seems kind of in, um, uh, not authentic or not right. You know what I mean? Like, why would you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm trying to have these authentic um, moments. Some of it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, not reaching out. Like, don't, don't start acting weird or not normal just because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not right either. Um, so we shall see. I still, I still want to have that night, but you know who, when we can all gather around without putting everyone in jeopardy due to COVID, we is going to be a ways off. Mm-hmm. And that I also don't, I think that there are, there's massively more important things than me trying to put on a show right now. <laughs> um, but I just think these, I, I think it's very exciting times. It's a, it's a hot mess time, but that's where the things need to go. I love it. I love your vision, your ongoing vision to co- collect a group of artists, women together to share their, their stories and their process. That's good for everybody. I hope so. I hope so. Well, love, thank you so much for coming and talking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe oh how enjoyable this has been. Oh, good. I'm really glad. That's great to hear. Yeah. I find you very powerful, and I love the music that you're making. I love that you're. I love seeing you be happy about the process too, even when you're like, "What the hell?" Um, that's really cool. Your happiness means more work from you, and that's a good thing. Thank you. Well, you're going welcome. around, you know, another time around the wheel, right, with more context and more gratitude. Yeah, for sure. We're going to put links to like your site and where folks can find your music and uh, maybe even some of the books and things that we've talked about today. But I just love you to death. Thank you so much. I love you too, Carrie. Ryan, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. It's very nice to meet you as well. Yeah. All right, everybody. You guys be well. Thanks for listening. You too. Take care.